This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarulo. What's up, everybody? Welcome back for another Legal Hands to the Face podcast, our first podcast officially of the 2023 offseason. Trying to put that Super Bowl behind us, but it will not be an easy one. But the news never stops in the NFL. There has been a ton of change already in the days following Super Bowl 57. The Eagles lose offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. He becomes the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. They lose defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Along with him is linebacker coach Nick Rallis. And they do make the announcement that they're going to retain their special teams coordinator. So we're going to talk about the coaching staff. It's obviously going to go through a lot of changes. Who do we think is going to replace both coordinators? We'll talk about that. And we also have to talk about the free agents. Man, do the Eagles have a lot of decisions to make this year. Obviously, both units, offense and defense, had a lot of success this year. But there's a lot of free agents. There's some older players they got to make decisions on. So we'll talk about those as well. Again, guys, if you like what you're hearing, please give us a follow. Give us a review on all these podcast platforms. You could also check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We're there also. But let's dive right in. Let's talk about the offense. So obviously, the offense had a very successful year this year. Jalen Hurts made a big jump. And the offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, he was the one calling plays. So this is going to be a big promotion for somebody. You know, they're going to be able to call plays with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni made the decision, not in last season, the season before, that he was no longer going to call plays. He feels that he can do a better job of managing the game, and I agree with him. You know, there, you can have a better handle on a lot more aspects of the game if you're not worried about calling plays. So whoever gets this job is going to call plays. I really think you're going to see this job go to quarterback coach Brian Johnson. He's done a great job with Jalen Hurts. He has a relationship with Hurts. He actually played high school football for Jalen Hurts' father, which is interesting. And he recruited Jalen Hurts to Mississippi State, but Jalen Hurts decided to go to Alabama. Brian Johnson... First time actually coaching in the NFL was with the Eagles. Before that, he was with Florida. He also coached a little bit at Houston and, like I said, Mississippi State. But you see that jump that Hurts made this year, and I really think that if the Eagles do not give him this promotion, they risk losing him. You know, there's other teams that were interested in hiring Brian Johnson to be their offensive coordinator, so I think you'll see that. You know, we talked about earlier in the year that this was the first time since high school that Jalen Hurts did not have to change offensive coordinators. He did it in college. He obviously did it in the pros with Doug Peterson. So now that Shane Steichen's leaving, I think the easiest thing for Jalen Hurts would be to just give the job to his quarterback coach so he doesn't have to relearn an entirely new offense or you know, that unfamiliarity. So I think you'll see it be Brian Johnson. The other option from within could be the offensive passing game coordinator, Kevin Petullo. But I really think, like I said, you'll see it go to, to Brian Johnson. There hasn't been any talk about them interviewing anyone from the outside yet. So we'll continue to monitor that and keep you guys updated. On the flip side, on the defense, love him or hate him, Jonathan Gannon had a lot of success as the defensive coordinator this year. I know everything that we were afraid of and everything we complained about came back to haunt us in Super Bowl 57 which, with the way he plays that soft coverage and allows the quarterbacks to dink and dunk, and it really came back to haunt us against Patrick Mahomes. But his unit this year does set a record for having four players with double-digit sacks. 
They had 70 sacks in the regular season, including the playoffs. They had the third most sacks in NFL history behind only the 84 and 85 Bears. Well, love him or hate him, he's gone. And the Eagles have to figure out who is going to replace him. You know, one of the candidates that could have potentially replaced him would have been the young 29-year-old linebacker coach, Nick Rallis, who, from everything I hear, is very highly regarded in the NFL. Well, guess what? He's leaving to go with Gannon to Arizona, and he's going to be his defensive coordinator. So what are the options for the Eagles? I think if you see, if they want to promote from within, it's probably going to be Denard Wilson. Denard Wilson's been with the Eagles for two years now. He came over as a defensive back coach. This year, he also picked up the title of defensive passing game coordinator, and they had a lot of success this year, obviously. You know, a lot of that was obviously aided by the fact that you have Darius Slay on one side and James Bradbury on the other, but he also did a nice job with the safeties. Reed Blankenship, a young rookie, played well in in needed spots. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, great free agent pickup. He loves being here. So I think you'll probably see them give Denard Wilson that defensive coordinator job. He came into the NFL in 2008 as a scout with the Bears. That was when Lovey Smith was there. But he didn't really coach under Lovey Smith, but he did coach under Jeff Fisher for the Rams. He also has some experience with Todd Bowles, former Temple coach, Jets coach, Bucks coach. So he's got a lot of experience. He seems to be highly regarded. That's who I think you'll see it go to. But there have been some outside candidates being interviewed. They interviewed Vance Joseph. They also interviewed Sean Desai. I'm sure a lot of you know the name Vance Joseph. He's been in the NFL since 2005. He coached the D-backs for the 49ers, the Texans, the Bengals, the Dolphins. He was the head coach for the Denver Broncos in 17 and 18. Did not have a lot of success there. Went 5-11 and 11 and then 6-10. and 10. And then after being let go by the Broncos, became the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals. So kind of interesting that Jonathan Gannon coming over as the head coach, they are obviously not going to need Vance Joseph with Gannon running a different system. Now, the really interesting thing here is that Vance Joseph is a very aggressive defensive coordinator. He has one of the highest blitz percentages as a defensive coordinator, which is the complete opposite of what we were used to with Jonathan Gannon. So it'll be interesting to see if the Eagles do decide to go outside the organization. Do they go with someone like a Vance Joseph? It will be a completely different scheme, completely different mentality from that defensive side of the ball. They also interviewed Sean Desai out of Seattle, has some local ties. He coached at Temple from 06 to 2010, and he also coached under Matt Nagy. So Matt Nagy, who's probably going to become the offensive coordinator under Andy Reid in Kansas City, he was the head coach in Chicago, and that's where Sean Desai was before going to Seattle. He coached under Chuck Pagano, and then Chuck Pagano retired, and he became um, the defensive coordinator there for Matt Nagy spent last season in Seattle. Don't know much about him. Don't know much about him. Um, But they they interviewed him, so we will see. Are they going outside the organization? Are they going to promote from within? I think the real surprise here, though, was with the third coordinator, the special teams coordinator, Michael Clay. That unit struggled all season long, and it came back to haunt us in the biggest game at the biggest stage in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 57 when they gave up that record-setting punt return to New York Giants cast off Cardarius Tony. Man, that one hurt. And if you look at the stats all season long, they finished in the bottom two in net punting yards, in the bottom three in kickoff returns against. 
And in the Super Bowl, in addition to that long punt return, they had an average of nine net yards on their two punts. So really, that unit struggled. But Nick Sirianni came right out at his first press conference and said that they will be keeping Michael Clay as the special teams coordinator. A little bit of a surprise. You know, I honestly believe that if you didn't see Steichen and Gannon both leave, that they probably would have made a change there. But I think he probably thought in light of the culture, it would have been too difficult to replace three coordinators at the same time. So Michael Clay gets another year. You know, one of the things that I was looking at, I wanted to see why did the unit struggle so much this year? And I looked at the snap counts and I found this very, very surprising. In 2022, the only defensive starter, the only defensive player that actually played more than 50% of the defensive snaps, who also played more than 7.9% of the special team snaps was Marcus Epps. So let me, let me re-say re that so you understand what I'm saying here. Marcus Epps played 37.5% of the special team snaps. Okay? Outside of him, there was not a single player on the Philadelphia Eagles that played more than 50% on defense, that played more than 7.9% on special teams. They simply did not use their best players on special teams. A Big difference from what you saw in the Doug Peterson era. When Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl in 2017, he had eight players who played more than 50% of the defensive snaps, who also played more than 15% of the special team snaps. Sirianni, I know he's a forward thinker. I know he likes to keep his starters healthy, and this could have been the reason why they had 22 starters from opening day playing that Super Bowl. But only one player that played more than 50% of the defensive snaps, played more than 7.9% of the special team snaps. That is a problem. If you want, if you really look at the NFL as a three-part game, offense, defense, and special teams, you have to be willing to put your best players on the field for special teams. And when looking at that Super Bowl, that record-setting punt return for Cardarius Tony, I went back and watched it. There was only one defensive starter on the field. It's the fourth quarter. It's a one-score game. You shouldn't be worried about injuries at this point. Only one starter, and that was TJ Edwards. The other players on the field were Job, Pascal, Ellis, Lovato, Johnson, Stoll, Dean, Blankenship, McPherson. Where were our best players? They weren't on the field, and look what happened. So I think you're going to have to see them improve that unit next year. They're keeping the same coaching you got to improve the players. So that's the changes that they're going through with the coaching staff. But man, does Howie Roseman have his work cut out for him for the free agents. You know, there are a ton of them. So let's get some of the easy ones out of the way. I think the ones that are definitely not coming back, Robert Quinn, you know, really the only misstep, misstep that Howie Roseman had this year was when he traded away a fourth round draft pick for Robert Quinn to the Chicago Bears. It's amazing that Robert Quinn had double-digit sacks last season for the Bears because he just looked like his career is over. He's going to be a free agent. I'd be shocked if they bring him back, so I don't think you'll see Quinn come back. The other two aging veterans that they signed during the middle of the season were great pickups in Sue and Linval Joseph. 
I just don't know if they'll bring those guys back. You know, they're getting up there in years. You know, you may see Sue and Joseph do a similar thing than what, to what they did last year, which is wait for a contender. You know, maybe the Eagles pick them up again towards the end of the season, but I don't think you'll see them return. So then these are the tough decisions. Let's first take a look at that defense because in addition to losing their defensive coordinator and the linebacker coach, they are at risk of losing a lot of big contributors. First off, Fletcher Cox. Guy has been here for a long time. He's a leader on this team. They, he was a free agent for a very short time last offseason, and they brought him back on kind of a team-friendly deal, still paying him a lot of money. But does he come back for another year? You know, when you're looking at the, the salary cap this year, the good news is it's a record salary cap. The NFL increased the salary cap to $224.8 million. That's up from 208 in 2022 and way up from the $182.5 million it was in 21, which was adjusted for COVID-19. But you look at the $224.8 million. As we sit here today, the Eagles have a little under $10 million in cap space. That will change. You know, I just read an article that they're going to re- they're going to pay Jason Kelsey a bonus to lower his cap hit next year. So you know, Howie Roseman is a master with the salary cap. So I'm not as concerned with the with the salary cap numbers and how much space they have. But it's really going to be where do they spend their money and and how do they spend it. So you look at Fletcher Cox, who's been here forever, even getting up there in years, he played 64 percent of the defensive snaps this year. There were weeks where you wanted to see him play better, but ultimately, you know, what else could you ask for? The defensive line and that defense sets a record for sacks in a season, and a lot of that had to do with the interior pressure from Fletcher Cox. But the big question is, is how much does Jordan Davis play next year? You know, how much does the youngster Milton Williams play next year? You know, is there going to be a spot for Fletcher Cox? And that brings us to our next defensive tackle, and that's Javon Hargrave who also played 64% of the snaps and had an unbelievable year, career year with sacks. Can they afford to sign both Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave? I don't think they can, but they may not be able to afford Javon Hargrave. I mean, after the record-setting year he had, he's probably going to command a lot of money in free agency, but that's a guy I would love to see them keep. I think his upside is even higher. I don't even think he's hit the top of his potential yet. So if they could keep Javon Hargrave, that's a guy I'd love to see them keep. And then the other member of the defensive line is our beloved Brandon Graham. You know, I I could see Graham coming back on a team-friendly deal. He's just such a part of this Philadelphia Eagles organization. He's a leader. His energy is, it's addicting. You know, I really think that you know he's going to come back, be a leader on this team, and it's it's really. Unfortunate that he wasn't considered for a comeback player of the year after tearing his Achilles last year, coming back and putting up double-digit sacks. But really, his energy is contagious, and I hope they bring back Brandon Graham on a, a team-friendly deal. So that's the defensive line. You know, potentially a lot of changes. You know, you're losing Sue, Joseph. You have Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, a lot of members of that defensive line. So it will be interesting to see what Howie Roseman does this year. Then looking at our linebackers. We had Kazir White come in this year on a one-year deal. He was up and down. You know, he had some good weeks, some bad weeks. You know, I kind of expected a little bit more out of him this season than we got, but he didn't play badly. He didn't have a great Super Bowl, which was unfortunate, but this is a guy who played over 76% of the defensive snaps last year. So someone that if they do let him walk, 
you got to replace him. I know a lot of people want to see N'Kobe Dean step up next year, the former Georgia leader and linebacker. You know, so if they think N'Kobe Dean is ready, you may see Kazir White be let go in, in free agency. But that's all contingent on are they able to bring back T.J. Edwards? You know, T.J. Edwards is their captain on defense. He calls the plays. You know, he is their unquestioned leader back there. And T.J. Edwards, he came in seventh in the NFL in tackles this year, had a really good year. Obviously, he led the Eagles in tackles, but in the top seven in the entire NFL in tackles. And get this, he played 94% of the defensive snaps. So I think he is a priority. You know, I've, I've seen on Twitter some people saying they hope they don't bring Edwards back. I don't understand it. I think he's a great leader. I think he had a great year. And again, I don't think you've seen his full potential yet. I think he's still on the upside of what is his ceiling going to be. So I think you bring him back if you can, but he may not be uh, cheap either. And we know Howie Roseman doesn't necessarily value the linebacker position. So it'll be interesting to see. But if you have to make a decision between TJ Edwards and Kazir White, I'd love to see them bring back TJ Edwards. And then that brings us to our secondary. Man, our secondary was very, very good this year. And I can't imagine they're going to be able to keep every player in that secondary. So James Bradbury, who they signed late on a one-year deal from the Giants, he becomes a second-team All-Pro, and he's, in fact, a free agent this year. You got Marcus Epps, who stepped in and played really well at that safety position. He's a free agent. And then the trade they made with the New Orleans Saints towards the end of the offseason last year, bringing in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he made a real difference in that secondary and he's a free agent. So you look at look at their snap counts. I mean, James Bradbury played 98% of the snaps. Marcus Epps, 99% of the snaps. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson only played 66% of the snaps, and that was because he had that lacerated kidney uh, that kept him out a few games at the end of the year. But these are three guys that, man, if, if Howie Roseman could figure out a way to sign all these guys He'd be a magician. I can't imagine James Bradbury coming back. You know, I think you'll see him sign Marcus Epps, and I think you'll see him sign Chauncey Gardner-Johnson if he can. There's been some early reports uh, from Ian Rappaport and some other NFL insiders that that's their priority, <laughs> that their priority is to sign Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So I hope that is the case. I really like that guy. I love his energy. I love his swagger. So I hope they bring him back, but I can't imagine a secondary where you could afford to pay James Bradbury at corner, Darius Slay on the other side, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So it'll be interesting to see what Howie Roseman prioritizes. And then taking a look at the offensive side of the ball. So that's the defense, a lot of decisions to make there, but what does Howie do on offense? I mean, man, this is such an interesting offseason. First off, you got Jason Kelsey. If Jason Kelsey wants to come back, he is coming back. It's just a matter of not or whether or not he wants to retire. I hope he doesn't. It's amazing that this guy is still playing at a Hall of Fame level, and I hope he comes back. Whether or not he comes back may dictate what happens to Isaac Sayamala. You know, Sayamala, who plays guard, had a really good year. I think he's going to command a lot of money in free agency as well. If Kelsey comes back... You may see Cam Jurgens, who they drafted last year, who's eventually going to be Kelsey's replacement. You may see him slide over to guard, which would make Isaac Sayamala expendable. 
But if Kelsey doesn't come back, Jurgens is going to have to play center. You may need to overpay Isaac to make sure you have at least a solid guard there. But I'd love to see them bring back Kelsey. And I hate to say it because I think Sayamala played well, but you may have to let him walk in free agency. And then that brings us to another offensive lineman is Andre Dillard. Obviously, he has not lived up to that first-round draft status of when they took him in the first round. He lost his job to a seventh-rounder in Jordan Maialata. But Dillard has filled in nicely. He filled in nicely this year when he had to. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't think they'll bring him back. I think he's probably going to want a shot to be a starter. And I don't think there's that chance here with Maialata on the left side and Hall of Famer Lane Johnson on the right. So you'll probably see Dillard gone. And then that brings you to the backfield. What do the Eagles do with Miles Sanders? And in addition to Miles Sanders, Boston Scott is also a free agent this year. Miles Sanders bet on himself. He went into this year without a contract, and he had a career year. He finished in the top five with 1,269 yards on the ground. And even better, he averaged 4.9 yards a carry. To put that into perspective, Josh Jacobs, who led the league in in yardage for the Raiders, he averaged 4.9 yards a carry. So Sanders is right there. And Derrick Henry, who we all know is an absolute beast down there in Tennessee, he only averaged 4.4 yards a carry compared to Miles Sanders' 4.9. So this is a guy who is probably going to look for a lot of money. I don't know how much the Eagles are going to value him. You You really don't want to base it off of one game. But in the biggest moment, in the biggest game, Miles Sanders really did not have a great game in Super Bowl 57. I don't know if that'll factor in. And then his backup, Boston Scott, he's also a free agent. Now, Boston Scott only had 54 carries this year, but when he gets the ball, he makes things happen. We saw it in the playoffs. We saw it against the Giants almost every time he plays them but only 54 carries. And a lot of that had to do with the emergence of young Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell has become their third down back. You know, you could just look at the stats for receptions. You know, Boston Scott only had five catches this year, which I thought was shocking. I actually double-checked that because I thought it had to be incorrect. But Boston Scott only had five catches compared to Kenny Gainwell's 23. So I think you may see, as much as I'm going to hate to see him go, you may see Boston Scott not come back next year in light of the fact that Kenny Gainwell is going to command more reps. But what do they do with Miles Sanders? I honestly do not know. But if they don't bring Sanders back, they will have to bring in some running backs. Maybe they draft one. They have a lot of draft picks this year. We're going to talk about the draft in another episode. But do they bring Sanders back? It'll be interesting to see. You know, another running back that's a free agent this year is Dalvin Cook out of Minnesota. You may see Miles Sanders wait for Cook to get paid uh, to see what the market is because I think Cook's going to set the market. And you got Josh Jacobs, too, and for the Vegas Raiders, who's also going to be a free agent. So, you know, it's an interesting running back market. But do the Eagles re-sign Miles Sanders? I hope so, but not if they have to overpay him. I'd like to see them keep that money. It's just running back is not worth spending too much money on anymore. And then two other positions, not as big of a deal, but still important, is Zach Paschal. Is, he was signed a one-year deal. You know Nick Sirianni loves him. In fact, I think he's the creator of that dog mentality is Zach Paschal. But do they bring him back? He's a great blocker. He does play special teams. Unfortunately, he was on the field on that 65-yard return in Super Bowl 57. 
Uh, but if they bring him back, it'll be on a very friendly deal. I'm sure he's not going to command a lot of money on the open market. And then another one is their backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew. You know how much the Eagles value the backup quarterback position, but Gardner Minshew wants a chance to start. It's not going to be here. And when he stepped in this year for those two games that Jalen Hurts was hurt, Minshew did not do his job, did not have the greatest of games through a couple of interceptions in Dallas, did not play well against the New Orleans Saints. So I do not think Minshew will be back. Minshew mania will be going on the road somewhere else. So guys, there's going to be a lot to talk about. I mean, that's what the beautiful thing is about the NFL. It never truly ends. Even though it's the offseason, there's so many storylines. So we're going to keep coming to you every single week. Like I said, if you like what you're hearing, give us a follow on all your favorite podcast platforms. Give us a review. It'll really help us. And check us out on Instagram. I post content quite often there. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. So give us a like. Give us a follow. And we'll be doing this every single week. We'll talk about the draft soon. We'll talk about more personnel changes. The Eagles, this was the first Sunday without them. And it's, uh, that may have been just as hard as them losing that Super Bowl. You know, I'm still not over that Super Bowl 57, but waking up on this Sunday morning when I'm recording this and thinking, damn, there is no NFL football today. That hurt. But we'll keep coming. We'll keep bringing the content and looking forward to talking to you guys soon.